Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the Man on the Post podcast. This is a very special call. Um, I'm on the line with Phil Hay, um, Yorkshire Evening Post's uh, Leeds correspondent. Um, really, we just want to know what's happened at Leeds this week. Monday, it, it's a, an event that's becoming all too often, really, isn't it, at the minute? Well, yeah, and, and in both respects. Um, change of manager, first thing in the morning. Um, I think Uwe Rosa was, was actually told that, that he was going on Sunday night, but Steve Evans was there for training Monday morning, yeah. um, confirmed by Chilino later in the day, and then confirmed officially by the club later in the afternoon, and, and precisely two minutes after, Chilino himself was, was banned again by the Football League um, <laughs> over, over a, a tax evasion conviction in Sardinia, which is a repeat of, of what happened last season. Um Pretty extraordinary by anybody else's standards, actually quite normal by Leeds United and, and certainly fairly normal by the standards of the time when, when Chilino's been on and, and massive implications obviously and, and seriously uncertain again in, in both respects and um, a very, very difficult period coming up for the club now I think. Yes, um, well, yeah, Steve Evans is in, um, we've effectively swapped managers haven't we with Rotherham? Pretty much, pretty much, yeah. They've, um, they picked up Neil Redfern, who was obviously manager or head coach here last season, and actually finished up with a, a very good record. His, his results were a little poor towards the end, but in the main and in, in the crucial part of the season, which, which kept them up, um, very good and, and very well thought of by the supporters. Um, he went the way of, of a lot of people here in the sense that his relationship with Chilino broke down completely, even though Chilino was banned for, for much of the time when he was head coach. Um, and he ultimately resigned from his job as, as academy boss um, in the summer. He replaced by Rosler in May, um, left Leeds in, in July, and has rolled up for Rotherham after Steve Evans went. So we're going to have a bizarre scenario next month where um, Redfern <laughs> comes here with Rotherham, um, Evans manages Leeds, Chilino's in the stand, and uh, nobody's quite sure who should be shaking who, whose hand and, and who should be trying to make which point to, to whoever else. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a slightly odd scenario. And I think, in, in, in all seriousness, uh, a shame to say the least that someone like Rosler wasn't able to make it through three months of the season because yeah. whether or not he was going to be right for this job and, and whether or not he was he was ultimately going to make a go of it, I, I think on the basis of what we saw certainly last month, you'd, you'd, you'd have doubts. But um, he's mm. got a long track record in England. He's managed with more than 200 games. And it doesn't say a lot about Leeds that, that middle of October he's gone um, 12 games in charge, 11 of those in the league, and, and we're back to where, where we started. Yeah, we just seem to stumble from one crisis to another at the minute. What um, you were at the, uh, the Steve Evans press conference today? Um, lots of third-person talk from Steve Evans. <laughs> uh, yeah, inevitably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what uh, What was your first impressions of him as uh, the Leeds boss? Well, I have to say, I thought he got the tone right, really. And as much as, unlike David Hockaday, who, who when he came in last summer, and, and I have to be honest, a lot of us were Wikipediaing him when when he was first linked with the job. Yes. Um, he. He was asked, Hockaday, quite clearly, were you surprised about being offered this to which He said, no, not at all. <laughs> and I think that set the wrong tone in the sense that people were perhaps looking for him to acknowledge at the very least that his, his appointment was questionable and, and open to debate. And I thought Evans got it right today in as much as he, he did... He did say, really, that if you if you went around the, the supporters here and you did a straw poll, then he probably wouldn't be the person that they'd be picking out as the preferred manager. And I think, to judge by the reaction yesterday, that's that's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, 
so he, he was he was happy to be a bit self-deprecating. I think he was happy to be as modest as possible and not to sort of overstate his ability or to pretend that, that this is the sort of job he, he should be walking into. But at the same time, he made some good points. You know, he said he'd he, done well at Crawley, done well at Rotherham, he had promotions on his record. He'd, he'd kept Rotherham up with a, a pretty small budget, albeit they, they were in the bottom three when he left the club last month. Yeah. And I think his point was just that with a CV, you know, like his, with, with the, the details that are on it. Perhaps he's he's maybe worth this opportunity. And and do you know what? With, with this band coming for Chilino and with some some pretty se- serious situations um, potentially in the pipeline, yeah. I don't know whether actually somebody like like Evans might be exactly what they need because they they've got to get some points on the board and, and they've got to do it shortly. Yeah, obviously uh, Chilino has been hit with another ban. He's planning to appeal it. I've heard. Yes. He is, or, or at least that's what he's saying at the moment. And I think to go by past experience, he certainly will. Um, he, he always has in the past, and um, and he did uh, he did appeal the original ban. Um, but but he, he appealed the decision to block his takeover initially, um, and and won that case, but was then banned for the, the same offence on the basis of court documents that, that came out a few months later. Yeah. Um, he's gone until the twenty eighth of October, which obviously is, is eight days time, and and uh, as we speak now, and um, and not a great great deal of time. But um, to go back to his ban last season, he, he was informed of it, or at least it was announced by the Football League on the 1st of December. Um, yeah. His appeal wasn't heard until January the 15th, and admittedly that was slightly down to the fact that Christmas delayed the process and, and his lawyers weren't keen for him to get tangled up in that um, during the Christmas break. He was away in Italy in, in any case. Uh, and he finally resigned on January the 23rd, which is the best part of two months on from the, the date when he was actually informed of his ban. Yeah. So how quickly this will actually come into force, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. We could well be looking at late November, early December before we know whether or not his, um, his appeal is successful. Um, this is purely speculation on my part. I think he'll be doing well to win it because the the case in, in Italy is very similar to the case that he was banned for last season. Right. There are slight differences. It was at a lower level. The money involved wasn't so great. The, the tax avoided wasn't such a high sum as his, his first case. Um, he did avoid some customs uh, convictions as well on the basis that the, the amount involved fell below Italy's criminal threshold. I sound like I know what I'm talking about here, <laughs> and I, I genuinely don't. But that is what we're told is the case. So there are a few points on which you can argue, but I think in terms of the simple offence and, and what it constitutes, I, I suspect he's, he's got a fight on his hands to, to avoid this. So all things being equal and the laws of chance probably say that, that at some point in December he, he will be going right and is that is that until um, probably June summertime if it, if it does yeah as it stands, it'll be June the 23rd, which is a year on from when the conviction was imposed. Um, he, he, the Football League's uh, disqualifications only apply to unspent convictions, and he got a financial penalty for um, for this tax evasion case. It related to a Range Rover that he'd imported from um, the USA to Italy several years ago. Yeah. Uh, because it's only a financial penalty and not custodial, he, um, his conviction under English law will be spent in 12 months' time, which will be June the 23rd next year. Right. So on that basis, the Football League can only disqualify him for that period of time. Um, what will probably happen if he appeals and the start of his ban is delayed is that that will add on a few extra weeks to the end of, um, of when his ban should have finished. So I would right. imagine, again, if that is the scenario... We'd be looking at him returning, if he does return, returning in July, um, early August, something like that. that. That would be how it would work. But essentially, he's going to be banned until next summer. 
Okay, well, that is the question. If he does return, there's obviously Twitter rumours that he's going to sell and stuff. But uh, what happens in the meantime? Who takes over as in, running the club? Well, that is a very good question. A month ago, you would have said Adam Pearson, who yeah. was um, de facto chief exec here and very, very good in that role, widely respected, um, not just because of his background, which obviously helped, but mm. the work he'd done at the club had been very good. And the period where he'd been involved with Chileno had been by a country mile the most stable and the most organised period um, of, of his entire time as owner. They, they recruited Rosler, they put together a big backroom team, they seem to have some strategy and some uh, some um, plan behind the, the, the transfers um, and also some money behind it as well, some yeah. decent money spent on Chris Wood, on Stuart Dallas, um, things um, Will Buckley on loan from Sunderland uh, earlier this month, which won't have been cheap. No. Um, and, and Pearson would have been tailor-made for that job. You, I'm not sure he would have been delighted to have had the, the whole pressure of, of running leads dropped on him like that, but he could have <laughs> done it and he could have coped with it. Um, at the moment, um, Andrew Umbers, who was chairman towards the back end of last season, he is still on the board, but he genuinely hasn't been around Ellen Road for months. Right. Um, and it has to be said that he he didn't curry much favour with um, with the way <laughs> he acted as chairman, the, the way things went for the club in his time in charge, and yeah. he's not a not a popular figure publicly. Um, aside from that, the, the board is made up essentially of Chileno's family members um, and financial associates, right. none of whom have any football experience to speak of or none that would, would qualify them for the job of chairman. Mm. Um, and two representatives of, of Gulf Finance House, the former owners, and at a stroke you can discount any possibility of him passing <laughs> um, control on onto them. So at this stage, if it isn't going to be Umbers, I would have thought that it would have to be somebody from the outside. Unless he does give the, give the job to Stuart Hayton, who's the club secretary. Um, yeah. Hayton has worked at Wigan at Liverpool, so he is probably the one football administrator who is there and, and could do the job. Mm. But again, I mean, it looks like a hospital pass, and, and I think in in his role as club secretary, you know, he would he might feel that as much as he possibly has the knowledge and, and everything else to jump into that role. He doesn't necessarily have the experience, and, and really, does he want the stress and the you know the pressure that, that's going to come with it? So yeah. that's a question that's going to have to be answered, and, and I really don't have an answer for that at the moment. I have no idea what what Chilino plans to do if the ban does come into force. Yeah, well, he's got well a minimum of a week to get his ducks in, in row, isn't he? But um, back to Steve Evans, what, how do you think uh, he's going to line a team up? I think four four two being the common thought, really. I would have thought so. He was asked about 4-3-3 today, or at least he mentioned it, and he, he said, look, there may be occasions when we need to play that way, but very much they gave the impression that it, it wouldn't be the style he would go for. And it has to be said, it wasn't working for Ube Rosler, which isn't no. to say that it might not have done in, in future, but you know, Brighton again on Saturday, I, I thought Leeds had the better of the game, to be honest. I, I'm uh, on, on purely on that basis, and mm. Brighton, Brighton's players, some of the journalists from down there were saying it was as poorly as they played. But I couldn't see a, a championship-winning side in that Brighton team at all. I thought Leeds had the better of the game until really the, the closing period of the second half, mm. um, when they, they lost Liam Cooper and, and obviously were, were picked off. But they created the odd chance leads. They, they create the odd very very good chance, which Chris Wood should have scored at least yeah. one, possibly two. But they weren't creating enough, and they weren't doing enough damage to um, to Brighton's defence. They were they were putting pressure on, but it wasn't excessive. It wasn't so extreme that they were cracking. And I don't know. I, I feel for Uwe Rosler because he had such a clear idea of what he wanted to do. He always had a clear idea in his head of, of how it was going to work, and ultimately he got a lot of the players that, that he wanted. But yeah. 
it has to be said that six month of the season was poor. It was not good, and mm. you know, I, I for the simple simple reason of breaking the mould here, I'd have liked to have seen them stick it out with him. But there, there were definite questions to be asked after last month, and I think he had a he had an awful lot to prove. And, and history shows that Chileno just. Just does not stick with it when you get into periods like this. Yeah, no, it's very quick to pull the trigger. Um, I saw a few comments regarding Sam Barham at the end. Um, they sounded like a, a, quite a sly dig at Rosler in uh, the way they they came across. But did, can you so, see him back in the team against Fulham? He did. He he, he was careful, Evans, not to not to, to focus too much on Rosler. And mm. but he, you know, he did make certain comments that that players could do with being managed more um, yeah. he did say that the form wasn't good enough although he did say you know that's not purely a criticism of, of Rosler yeah. um, Byram's been an interesting case and, and the, the situation with Byram is, is in no way down to Rosler or, or certainly not solely um, the issue there has been Byram's contract Byram yes. was in very very good form in the summer um, and, and actually as much as he was a makeshift right winger um Obviously, over the years, has played right back, but was used as a right winger in the absence of of any out and out players of that ilk um, until Dallas and others signed. He looked good in the summer. He looked good in pre season. He was he was very good on the first day of the season against Burnley. But I don't think there's any doubt at all that the the issue over his contract, the the complete inability of of his camp and the club to find any common ground over it, um, was a problem. And and I suspect that through August, Byron was probably wondering whether in the final few days right at the, the death at the deadline mm. he was going to be told that an offer would come in and he was being sold I, I suspect he thought that was probably quite likely um, with hindsight he wasn't playing anywhere near well enough for anyone to, to bid for him Newcastle came and watched um, Graham Carr and, and Newcastle were both at the, the pre-season friendly against Everton but yeah. um, it's and, and, and yes, he, he played well in that game, but but if they tracked him right through the month and if they were talking about investing several million pounds, I think his form was really encouraging people just to sit tight and to and to and to hang back, and not least because he's out of contract next summer and, and really does look like he'll be going. So yeah. his form has deserted him completely. He hasn't been playing well enough to to deserve being in the team. The only thing I would say is that I don't think the squad is so good that they can do without a player like Byram and without an informed Byram. And the only way they're going to get him into form is by playing him. And I'm, I agree with an awful lot of people who don't think, who think Gaetano Berardi at right back is, should be first choice at the moment, deserves to be first choice. But I don't agree that, that Scott Wooten is, a, is an adequate um, replacement for, uh, for Sam Byram there. Byron's not informed, no doubt about that, but uh, I think they could play him into form and, and get his head right quite quickly. And if, if they can do that, they'll have a better season. Yeah, play him in his natural position rather than playing Wooten out of, out of position just to fill a, a, fill a role. Um, well, that's pretty much all, Phil. Um, thank you very much. Um, I'm, I'm going to wish you all the best for a, what will probably be another very busy week at Leeds United. A very busy week, very busy Christmas, but isn't it always? <laughs> yes, definitely. Thank you very much. <laughs> no problem. Thanks very much, Ross. Brilliant. Thank you, Phil.